Welcome to Talking Shop, the podcast all about Adobe Photoshop. Brought to you by learningphotoshop.cc. Here's your host, Dave Cross. Welcome to episode 46 of Talking Shop, the podcast all about Photoshop. This week, stay at home, learn at home. Welcome back, everybody. After a one-week absence, an, an unexpected, unplanned time off, I had a couple of very large projects going on, and with everything else going on in the world, just couldn't find the time to <laughs> to record an episode. So I apologize to those people that like to listen every week. This time last week, there was just too much going on to try and think about a Photoshop podcast, and of course. Life has not changed all that much. In fact, it's got worse in the, I know where I live in Florida, there's now stay-at-home orders being put on us by our county and, and city governments, and which is fine, honestly, for, for my wife and I. This is, I hate to say it, but this is business as usual for us because we've worked from our home for quite a while now, and... We're not exactly social butterflies. We like to nest at home a fair bit anyway. So the biggest challenge and change for us is that we have been unable to see our grandson recently because there's some sniffles going on in that family. So they've decided to definitely distance themselves from everyone. So all I can say is thank goodness for FaceTime. So I hope all of you are staying safe and healthy and practicing all those good things like social distancing. I got to say that overall, other than seeing stories of people going to the beach on spring break, which was really crazy, certainly in my community, people seem to be doing a pretty good job. But when you do go to the grocery store, people are keeping their distance and no one seems to be in a panic state. Although I guess in Florida, we at least have had the quote unquote advantage of having had hurricane issues for so many years that no one goes into a big panic state very often here. So that helps a little bit. But back to Photoshop related topics. So here we are, many of us finding ourselves working at home for the first time or staying at home, perhaps. Uh, jobs are uncertain. If you're a someone who makes your living as a freelancer, you may have found that jobs are kind of drying up a little bit. So what can we do? Well, if you've listened to this podcast before, you'll know that I'm a firm believer in and proponent of practicing, practicing Photoshop, practicing your photography. Boy, there's no time like the present. If you find yourself staying at home and you've got a bit of time on your hands, this is the time to practice. So how do you do that? How do you decide, well, I'm just going to practice something in Photoshop? Well, I got a couple suggestions for you. The first one would be Think about a function in Photoshop that you maybe have either tried and didn't really get a handle on it, or you just haven't really explored at all. Let's pick one, like smart objects and smart filters. You may have heard people like me talk about their benefits, but never really tried it. So when you have the luxury of not being under a deadline, as I've said before, that is not the time to try and learn something new is when a deadline is fast approaching. So if you find yourself with a bit of time on your hands, here's what I would suggest you do. And this is an example of a way to experiment with something just to try and get a handle on how it works. 
don't try to create some specific end result. Like don't think, oh, I'm going to create this composite of these images. Just do something like this. Create a new document. And in that document, make a couple of layers. On each layer, do something. Paint with a paintbrush, make a selection of a, of a circle and fill it with a color. Something so you have two different things on separate layers. And it could even be paint a number one with your paintbrush on one layer and paint a number two on the other one. It's just as long as there's some difference in color or something. And then position them so they overlap. And then select both those two layers. And you can do that by clicking on the top layer and the layers panel and then holding the shift key and clicking on the other layer. So both of them are highlighted. And then you can either right click or control click on the Macintosh and pop up a menu. One of the items on there will be convert to smart object, or you can go to the layer menu, go down to where it says smart objects and do the same thing there. Now it'll look like those two layers have been merged into one, but really if you look closely on the thumbnail for that layer, you'll see there's a little symbol there, which indicates it's this thing called a smart object. Imagine for a moment that you now wanted to either hide one of those layers or let's just go with that, hide one of those layers. Well, you can't hide a layer out of one layer out of two when you're looking at something that looks like a merged object. So the way we, we need to edit the contents of that smart object. So let me take a step back. I've always felt the simplest way to think of a smart object is like a container layer that has something in it. And those are the contents. Now you won't hear Adobe use the word container, although they do use the word contents. So the what looks like those two layers merged together is our container. We want to look inside that container and we do that by double clicking on that smart object thumbnail and it's going to open a separate window. And this is the part that throws most people off. That's why I'm saying this is the part we need to practice. In that second window, you'll see your two original layers. Hide one of those layers and then hit save, command or control S. Now switch back to your other document and you'll see it is updated to reflect whatever change you made to the contents document. And just do that for a couple of minutes. Go back and forth, make some change, transform one of the layers, paint a new color on one of the layers, something, and then hit save. And each time you do, you see when you come back to your original document, that smart object has updated. And I believe that doing something like that is the ideal way to practice and grasp the concept behind something that's new to you. So when you are unfamiliar with smart objects, or maybe you've tried it and ran into a roadblock where it wasn't working, this is one of the ways to figure out how they work. Because again, there's no pressure. There's no deadline. It's just you trying things and saying, okay, I'm going to make a change. Okay, I hit save, I come back, all right. And I think if you do that enough times, then you can start to grasp the concept of how a smart object works. And hopefully then you can start embedding it a little further into your work. And you can apply that theory of practice using basic elements to a lot of different things in Photoshop. If you're unfamiliar with what a layer mask does, then here's a similar idea make a document, add a layer. On that layer, paint something, make a big rectangle. I would suggest just to make life easier that you pick any color other than black, something like a big red rectangle. Now click on the add layer mask button 
and start painting with black to hide and painting with white to show. And you just go back and forth, paint with black, paint with white, paint with gray to see what that does. And it's a simple idea, but again, it's really taking away all the distractions of complexity and just trying to understand the basic principle of how something works. Again, when there's no pressure on, I think this is the time. This is exactly the time to start practicing some of these new things that you haven't really had a chance to grasp before. So I'll continue talking about a couple of other ideas for practicing, but first... It's time for the tip of the week. This week's tip is more of a question. Did you know that there's a spell checker in Photoshop? Yep, if you go into the edit menu, you'll see there's an option called check spelling. And there's a pretty robust spell checker there, including the ability to add custom words that might not otherwise be found. So it's a great little almost hidden function that's going to help you a lot when you're working with text in Photoshop. With short tutorials, in-depth multi-lesson courses, and live Q&A sessions, learningphotoshop.cc provides the Photoshop training you need to succeed. So what else can we practice using this concept of a simplified method of experimenting with just basic elements. Well, smart filters would be another example. Building on what we were talking about before with smart objects, open a photograph, and assuming it's a regular JPEG or something like that, of course the bottom layer will say background and will have a little padlock symbol on it. If you right-click or control-click on that layer and convert that to a smart object, now when you go to the filter menu, and apply any filter and just pick anyone, Gaussian blur, motion blur, just pick something, something that will be obvious. And put a high setting in, the preview will look over the top, that's fine. And click OK and now look in the layers panel and you'll see it'll say smart filter and whatever the name of your filter. So now you can experiment a little bit. Click on the eyeball beside the name of the filter to hide it and then show it paint on the mask for the filter to hide the effects of the filter in just certain areas as you do with layer mask. Black will hide the effects of the filter, white will show. And then over on the far right hand side of that layer you'll see a little symbol. If you double click on it, it brings up blending options for the filter and you can experiment with those. And I would suggest you experiment with them all together. Don't try one or the other. Try Oh, I forgot one other one, by the way. Double click on the name of the filter to edit the settings. So you can experiment with all these things. Change the, the settings for the filter, paint on the mask, change the blending options, hide it, show it. Just do that a few times with something basic and then try adding a second filter to the same layer and see what that does and see how that works. And I think you'll start to get a handle on how smart filters work. And also the benefits is now go and do something else. Add a five layers and paint on them and then come back and you realize you can still edit the smart filter. Now what about actions? Is action something you've struggled with? Well here's another simple example. Let's make an action that only does one or two things. It doesn't have to be complicated. I've talked about this in other podcasts and my favorite concept of starter actions. Let's make an action that just gets you started. So open a photograph, go to the actions panel, and make a new action. Then when you start recording, just do something really simple like add a curves adjustment layer, make it really dark, 
and then fill the layer mask with black and then stop recording. Now throw away that adjustment you added and play the action and you'll see it just adds an adjustment layer ready to be painted on. Very simple, but that's exactly the concept to me of, of actions is they don't have to be complicated. They don't have to be have so much complexity in them that you get lost in the shuffle of trying to figure it out. And that's kind of what I'm trying to suggest here for this stay at home, learn at home concept is do it with basic stuff. Don't try to say, okay, I'm going to learn about frequency separation. I mean, you can if you want, but that takes a lot more effort and it's a lot more complicated. And I guess as long as you go in knowing that, that's fine too. And that's and if you have the time, sure, invested in that type of learning as well. Nothing wrong with that. But I would suggest that to avoid the frustration that can happen when you're trying to learn something a little more complex, at least mix it up a little bit and try practicing these more basic exercises that I think when you do that, then it becomes second nature. Oh, and let me throw one more into the mix. If you're not a keyboard shortcut kind of person, what better time than now to start getting used to tapping a single letter to activate every tool you're using in Photoshop. Now, I will also say if you do decide to invest some time in learning something a little more complicated, then do some binge watching of your favorite Photoshop instructors. Don't just sit on the couch watching something on Netflix. Why not be a little more productive and binge watch some Photoshop instruction? Well, I hope those ideas give you some motivation to experiment and do some basic practicing of some functions that you're unfamiliar with in Photoshop. Of course, you could apply exactly the same theory to Lightroom or any other program that you like to use. My wish for you is that you and your family stay safe and healthy and that this thing gets behind us sooner than later. I'm Dave Pross. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe and tell your Photoshop using friends. Find us at TalkingShop.show. This podcast is not authorized, endorsed, or sponsored by Adobe, publisher of Photoshop.